0: Once upon a time, there was a Chinese farmer who uh, lost a horse, ran away, and all the neighbors came around that evening and said, that's too bad. And he said, maybe. The next day, the horse came back and brought seven wild horses with it. And all the neighbors came around and said, why, that's great, isn't it? And he said, maybe. The next day his son was attempting to tame one of these horses and was riding it and was thrown and broke his leg. And all the neighbors came round in the evening and said, well, that's too bad, isn't it? And the farmer said, maybe. And the next day the conscription officers came around looking for people for the army and they rejected his son because he had a broken leg. And all the neighbors came round that evening and said, isn't that wonderful? And he said, maybe. (laughs) (coughs) The whole process of nature is an integrated process of immense complexity and it is really impossible to tell whether anything that happens in it is good or bad. Because you never know what will be the consequences of a misfortune or You never know what will be the consequences of good fortune.
1: One and all, welcome back to the freshest edition of Nick's Nonfiction. You are here with your host, comic Nick Munez. Today we've got on the show Alan Watts' The Way of Zen. Around this time of year, our December-themed edition, my fellow Roman Catholics have a flare-up of guilt Sweet baby Jesus was born to die. Every single sin you commit drives the nail further through his palms. With Buddhism, every meal you eat makes Buddha that much jollier. If a Christian farmer found out that his horse went missing, this guy isn't going to say, oh, maybe it's okay. Maybe something better will happen. This Christian farmer is going to start a crusade, a holy war on the Middle East. We're doing the duality, Christianity versus Buddhism today. One is a feel-good religion. The entire point of Zen is to be content at the end of the night. You won the religion as long as you're happy. I don't know how you win Christianity. You just got to reserve the best spot in heaven. I think the point is guilt. I cannot go a second a day, an hour, a minute without feeling the crushing weight of Jesus hanging on the cross. That was my fault. I don't know how, but that's what the nuns taught me growing up. You can hear it in my voice. Every strain of DNA inside of me is infected with this Christian guilt. (laughs) We're going to try to extract all of the beneficial points of Zen Buddhism today and leave all the woo-woo aside. My boy Jesus, he got lost in his 20s partying in India, and a lot of his early work reflects Zen influence. The Sermon on the Mount, we did it last year, all this Peace be with you crap. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Yeah, sure. My tithe was pretty hefty, man. I'm expecting box seats when I get to heaven. Nah, heaven is for the poor. Jesus' late stuff was when he finally went stoic. Knock and it shall be given to you. Seeketh and ye shall findeth. Aspire not to have more, but to be more. Buddhism. Zen. It's okay to be fat. The less you pursue success, the more success pursues you. I'm pretty sure that's not how Jesus got his six-pack. Last year we did the Jeffersonian Bible. We did Year of Living Biblically over on the Patreon coming up. You guys gotta get involved because this spiritual session goes deeper every single year. We've been reading Nietzsche. He said that religion is perverted spirituality. Let people find their own moral compass. Buddhism winds up integrating this cone system halfway through. We're going to see the similarities and differences. Really, it's a great show we got planned ahead. Let me give you a life hack off the bat. You can meditate in front of mirrors for optimal self-reflection. Got it. The intro video, I know it blew some of your minds out there. Good fortune isn't always good. Lottery winners die in a blaze of glory in this country. How could you tell what's best for other people when you don't even know what's best for yourself? Like these nuns taught me growing up, you gotta pray for good fortune. They should have taught me to pray for better motives. (laughs) Don't make me go Kantian on you today. This nun should have gave me a workout regimen. Not one person with a six-pack, including Jesus, got it by praying for it. You guys are already feeling the contrast out there. My indoctrination is gonna make me short-circuit. All the freaking guilt overflowing, worthwhile information. I'm telling you, he's got the history of the Japanese Zen system. Buddha said, be skeptical of those peddling enlightenment. Alan Watts, <laughs> out here peddling enlightenment. This guy is just slinging his his sophistry. I'll say it. His bromide. This man is on a gasconade. Even though you're not supposed to sell people enlightenment, he's telling you how to get to the next level of the video game. <laughs> you could tell my word of the day box has been working. I didn't pray for a better vocabulary. Alan Watts is out here slinging his self-help. Again, I've gone through it with a fine-tooth comb to see where the woo-woo is and where the practical self-help is. Just take some psychedelics. I mean, that's what Alan Watts is good for. He is kind of the king of spirituality in that realm. He went down the path as far as you can. All of his lectures on... Um, He was inspired by the American Transcendentalists. Ralph Waldo Emerson, he was the first guy to say, the journey is the destination, man. Today we're gonna try to enjoy the ride, forget about the autocratic God keeping tallies of how many times we masturbate. (laughs) You know, I bought my Zen teacher a house for Christmas. This guy loves to live in the present. How about you guys watch an ad? And welcome back. About the author, Alan Watts. Alan Watt What are they selling? Enlightenment. He's a British chap, born in 1915, died in 1973. 58 years for our mathematicians. He was a writer and lecturer, born in Chesilhurst, England. That is... I gotta knock out some of my teeth to be able to pronounce that like a native Brit. He lived in a pasture, he grew up with a big imagination, came to the USA when he was 23. As a teen, he would go to France. He adventured in London a lot and went to a Buddhist lodge without his parents' permission. This opened up the door to the forbidden thoughts. Was sent to boarding school growing up. That's surprising. The Zen guy was a rowdy kid. He attended Seabury Western Theological Seminary, is where he received his master's degree in theology. And then he starts ordaining monks, priests, and rabbis. He got like a super degree. He's a god of gods. I didn't know that you could be a teacher of many different religions. In this period, he uh, went on KPFA frequently, a radio station in San Francisco. And he wrote 25 books during this time. Even the best-selling authors. Who has 25 books of material inside of them? Apparently Alan does. This one is one of his best sellers, And then the other one that gets a lot is The New Alchemy. And that's supposed to be about, I don't know, just more of this, like, cosmology. Go back and read the Tibetan Book of the Dead. Go back and read the Akashic Records. Like, that's the source information for this Eastern philosophy stuff. And that's older than the Bible, older than the Torah, and whatever those Islamic, they just read the ingredients to TNT. Whatever, man. These records have been with us for longer than the epic of Gilgamesh. And Alan Watts is seriously versed in this stuff. Like I said, he's taken the deepest dives anybody really has. That's pretty sacred. I mean, you got the governor of New York out here saying that she is God. Did you guys see that one? (laughs) She's saying you could be her apostle if you take the jab. I mean, what are we even doing in society anymore? Religion's not the opiate of the masses. We have opium in a third of people's veins. And whatever this new fucking jab is, is the new opium. In the name of the Pfizer, the Johnson, and the Holy Moderna, amen. <laughs> what is... Alan Watts, you know a little bit more about him. Also, this Christmas, for my uh, dentist, I'm getting a gift. <laughs> I'm not going to set this joke up well. My Japanese dentist became a woman. He's now a transcendentalist. Wordy. How about you guys get another meme in? Om, really gay. Om, I'm really gay. Alright, how about we get into this thing? Alan Watts, The Way of Zen, Chapter 1, Philosophy of the Tao. Zen Buddhism does not have a synonym in Western thought. You need to immerse yourself. You need to be Zen, to know Zen. Alan says the closest translation could be a way of liberation, similar to religion, what many pigeonhole it as. I mean, Alan, (laughs) take the classification of religion. It's pretty generous considering you're dancing the line of cult. Some people describe Zen Buddhism as chipping stones from a block or yoga. He's going, nobody is born great at this thing. If you want to understand it, you got to get into it. Watts' idea is it's best to appreciate the difference of all religion rather than tunnel visioning on a certain one. I've made this comparison before, but religion is like um, martial arts. you got to take the best thing from every single teacher and apply it in the fight. And the fight is life. (laughs) I mean, Buddhism will tell you that life is a walk through a daisy field. But if you take the stoicism of christianity and you take the lackadaisicalness of a jewish rabbi and put it all together you're gonna fight life a lot better i like this comparison that alan watts made but you gotta then classify your own religion buddhism is only good for like happy times it's just let the good times roll and then (laughs) kind of said it in the intro christianity is a good suffrage religion You're already strapped in this slave mentality. Master-slave Nietzsche called it. Your point of being on Earth is to reserve a spot in heaven. So, like, everything is figured out for you. If you are at a tough time, everybody has it tough. I'm saying Christianity, it's the majority of the religion in the United States right now because it works. And unless you're fucking on a prairie, Zen probably isn't going to work the best. This doesn't make one religion superior to the other. It just means at certain times one is better. So you want the best bits of everything. That very smart guy, Daniel Goleman, the author of Emotional Intelligence, said, In schooling, the best way to raise a child is to give them a spoonful of everything to fully develop. See what resonates with them. And like the science people who don't even have religion, they're atheists. They know better than us. These people are treating others like deities we need to worship as humans this person you know them they go to their therapist and they steal their verses and try to apply it to you well maybe he's gaslighting you you know your therapist stole that from freud (laughs) like this guy is just fighting his own fight as well he's just remixing philosophies taking the best from everywhere you can't totally demonize one thing i'm just trying to get an open mind here off the bat that's the philosophy of the Tao. Be water. Be open to things. The Tao states, music and mathematics are conventional knowledge. Communication and psychology are then primary. Watts is saying the East is more in touch with their feelings. Like, this shit is way outdated, bro. They love math over there. The Chinese, <laughs> for my comparison here, like, uh, religion is taking the best of every single philosophy. China is taking the worst of every ideology and using it to mentally enslave billions of people. (laughs) You've heard of cultural Marxism. They're still going with the 1940s Maoism. It's all about the same, not in discovering your individuality. Seriously, look into what they teach their people over there and look into um, wokeism. It's exactly what cultural Marxism is. He says, you are your past and your future. The moment is everything. So if I am my past and my future, how is the moment everything? The understanding and practice of this concept, he says, is like drinking an ocean. You must do it one glass at a time. <laughs> you ever see those, uh, like, tchotchkes? You pick it up at, like, a novelty store? How to keep an idiot entertained. One, ty- one side says, turn it over to see how to keep an idiot entertained. And it says it on both sides. That's what I think a lot of these fucking you are your past and your future, but you're also only in the moment. <laughs> Maybe I just don't understand it. I gotta drink an ocean before I can understand that one. He's like, um This is what being asleep is. You gotta let your subconscious take action. Well why didn't you just say that? <laughs> uh sleep is on a spectrum, you know, you don't just close your eyes and then shut off. It's like, you know, when you wake up for that nighttime pee, And you try to keep your eyes closed so you're still on the sleepy spectrum. You're like somewhere in the purgatory of sleep. (laughs) So you just got to keep it on that spectrum. But he's like, your awareness is the same thing as sleep. And that's why we call it woke. If you could be cognizant while using the floodlights instead of always just shining the spotlight on your consciousness... I don't know. It's going to get too psychedelics. You guys should have microdosed before the show. He said that Western jazz artists have what's called the peripheral mind. So if you could, uh, you know, keep yourself in the pocket. Yo, next week we have a show that's literally about jazz and creativity. So I don't need to step on all that. But Confucianism would be a pretty good name for a jazz club. The idea is to try to use your peripheral mind without being used by it. Watts found that in all religions, your spirit is referred to as immaterial, when maybe that's the most biological part of you. No, it's not, Alan. It's immaterial. He's like, (laughs) the spirit is what is the unaware part, and you got to use it to whip your body into shape. Of course, none of that is proven, but that's all the old Roman shit. You're the chariot rider. You're not the horse. He tried to describe it as non-graspingness very academic (laughs) like if you look at a clock across the room everything else is blurry and he's calling the tau the blur i think you just have an astigmatism alan (laughs) this is the religion that scientists love atheists you know there isn't even hell after this everything is just going to be black we're meaningless isn't that great nah I'm a soldier in Jesus Christ's army, buddy. You could take that shit and blow Fauci with it. This is <laughs> These people are teaching you their non-graspingness. That's their religion. He says, initially realizing the Tao is like seeing a cloud until you can finally realize it's always there. And again, more of this just word soup. But I found this to be a very weird choice of language considering how... The religion of AA uses the pink cloud. It's like, as soon as you get sober, everything feels great for a little while. You have a new lease on life. And that's like the spirituality of taking a god dose and depersonalizing your ego. Or you could just fucking pray, sit by the river like Siddhartha. After you do your penance or after you come back and reintegrate as a human after psychedelics... This is called like the afterglow, and you have to try to hold on to that shit for as long as possible. That's your gratitude that you have again. At least Alan admits that that pink cloud, it will dissipate even with Zen Buddhism. This is not a forever cure. You have to go back on another silent retreat if we're talking Zen Buddhism. He's going, people that get into a flow state every day have this unaware awareness, live longer He's saying you could call it whatever you want, prayer, yoga, whatever it is, make sure you get into that state. I said my nun should have given me a workout regimen. CrossFit is the best religion of this century. It's definitely better than the Latter-day Saints Church, all these new religions popping up. What is that? Uh, Richard Branson, didn't he have one? Jared Leto, 30 Seconds to Mars. These people have cults. Nobody does anything about it crossfit at least <laughs> is like getting people in this zen mode together that's the whole point the tao he says cannot be conveyed by words or silence it must be observed let's go to chapter two origins of buddhism starting this one with records from four thousand years ago the chinese had adopted buddhism and they went two thousand years prior without religion He's saying life is abstract. We have to look at it through many lenses and not one ideology. The Pali texts were part of this 4,000-year-old packet spread across to India where they had a hard time deciphering it because it was in Mandarin. And he said some unknown symbols were used interchangeably. Like Sanskrit, that's just a combination of Indian, Gujarati, and Mandarin. Pali... ...as this larger form of Buddhism from 6,000 years ago. And it also included Theravada, which was the Indian type. The Pali and the Chinese didn't accept Buddha because, you know, they don't have saints. It's like uh, Lutherans don't give any credit to people who were nice their entire life. No saints allowed. This Pali stuff, they totally split off into a factionalized religion... Just because of this Buddha character. At least they have different food. Think about it between these Pali, the Buddhism, the Theravada. Jewish food is the same everywhere. You get kosher, everything. There's this Tibetan restaurant in Boulder. It's called Kathmandu. This is where I go to gorge myself like an American. I treat their Zen meal as a vomitorium. This freaking place, Kathmandu, they have this like Mount Everest, the special sauce these Buddhists have more variant in their flavors as well as their flavors of religion there's not that much difference between my Roman Catholic church growing up and the Lutheran one down the road except for that priest has a wife he's not touching the kids (laughs) that's Christianity light if you want your kid to have the full Roman Catholic experience you gotta let them get diddled by the deacon (laughs) um The Chinese were saying, no man is a Messiah. India and Southeast Asia have never seen a Buddha or a leader, like there were multiple Buddhas throughout the history. Alan Watts was saying these religions have fundamentals that are the same. They both believe in sat and shit, which is the beginnings of yin and yang. We remember from the Tao book that yin was the masculine and... (laughs) Yang was the feminine. There's really no joke here. I'm just calling ladies shit because it was satin shit. Satin shit. That's even better. What's the gratitude? You have to try to find the upside to sitting in a cow patty. Christianity sucks at this. It's like, hey, God, what's with all the dead babies? You're just expecting an answer. It's my artistic contrast for the billionaire unimaginable wealth. Good looking out there, big man. Just fucking artistic. How come there has to be all this sadness? <laughs> God, you're almighty and all powerful. You're sleeping on the job, my dude. How come children have fucking generative bone diseases? And at least Zen Buddhism is like, yeah, there's a lot of shit because there's a lot of shat or whatever the other one was. Shit and shat. <laughs> Christianity has the seven day creationist myth. You know, it only took God a few days and. They (laughs) they created the whole world. The humans battled the dinosaurs for Earth. That's not made up. Like, if you read the deep Bible stuff, they say the Earth is only 10,000 years old. For the first couple thousand years, we beat the lizards. And, of course, that means dinosaurs. It doesn't mean any sort of other species. The Buddhists have their ancient Sanskrit shit here. And Alan Watts was saying, 4 million years ago, there was something on the record that we should probably take a look at here. Um, There's really not much you could substantiate out of this, but all of these records somehow interchange at that 4 million year mark. Go back to those Akashic records. I think we did the Tibetan Book of the Dead. That was the first year on the show, so now that's in the backlog. Go check it out. This is the first time Watts is bringing up the Brahmin monks. Their big quote is, Reach a level of liberation, introspection, and disentanglement that no man ever before has achieved. These were the first guys just trying to be the best Buddhists ever. They're turning (laughs) the religion of no competition allowed into an Olympics. You know, these Brahmin monks were the ones that wrote that they could meditate into a trance where they couldn't feel pain. Those are the Buddhists that burned themselves outside of the White House to protest Vietnam. And he said they wrote down they could momentarily float. These guys said they could walk through walls, communicate telepathically. These guys probably were just becoming hosts for entities. They left their bodies unattended and some demon just came and swept it up. (laughs) The Brahmins would say, you can become the Atman or the god Some men can be in control of both their consciousness and unconsciousness. Whole goal of the Tao. After the uh, Brahmins came the Mashkas, which were all levels of Buddhists. And it stemmed out of this thing. It was practicing honing your breath. The Buddhists are credited with inventing meditation because they're the first people to do some rhythmic breathing. Like some people consider prayer meditation... It's working on a script, which isn't bad. Like I said, if you're getting in that flow state, that's good. But you have to have the prayer memorized. Whereas this breathing and a lot of other... You could do freestyle prayer. The priest will tell you, you owe the Our Fathers and all that. If you could just talk to God, (laughs) like straight up, that's what spirituality is. Just connecting that connection you have to the great beyond, whatever you want to call it. The reason I'm bringing all this up, we just did it in our running book. Meditation is a restorative brain state. You're activating your alpha, your theta, your delta waves. It really doesn't matter, whatever you want to call it. You just need to activate all these brain circuits. The whole point of mashka meditation is to separate yourself from what they called the maya. The Grand Illusion Just drop your fucking anxiety for a minute Send a prayer up to the big man Ancient writings about Indian Vedic texts here They had a huge lack of uh, religious discipline for a couple thousand years Pretty wild Uh, Like he said in China that just happened for 2,000 years He said the Vedics wrote heavily about the hedonists So uh, there were still people that were spiritual And they start writing about how everything else devolved around them. Society hanging on by a thread. People are lost in the Maya of the day today, the illusion. It's only having an identity to things around you. You don't know yourself, that old Greek thing. This is something that he was saying. It's called Nama, N-A-M-A. A fluidity of the soul to visit other places. Not everybody has the the Nama. So he's trying to get us to Nirvana, and you can't do that without the Nama. All these could be metaphors for, like, getting you to reach that flow state. Because how are you even alive if you don't have something you love? Blanket statement, but pretty true. Um, what did Frederick Douglass say? When a slave becomes happy, he has effectively relinquished everything that makes him human. These, like, it's probably all just trying to get other people to reach their internal empathy or creativity or whatever state that they need to get into to function as a human. They're trying to wake up the masses back here in Vedic India. Buddha was totally unattached, and he said his meditation sessions we able to reach other people. But this original Buddha, the one in India, was like, I lived several samsaras. I have been through several cycles of birth and death. You peons don't know nothing. It's friggin' know-it-all. I don't know if all that flexing is helping other people reach their nama. Watts said Dayana Buddhism was born out of the original Buddha's ideas. And this was sitting with your chakras in line, you know, the natural resting state for humans. What I'm thinking happened here was Buddha was the first guy to trip balls off of natural DMT. Like you can breathe yourself into a psychedelic trance. Look it up. There's called like the breath of fire. I'm in the sauna and there's guys just huffing and puffing, trying to reach nirvana. Buddy, it's not going to happen here. You're going to pass out onto the coals. Buddha and Siddhartha sat in one place long enough where they probably tripped off of reality and had a samsara. A fucking, they fucking, got their wires crossed with somebody else's consciousness. All Buddhism admits the first truth, which is dukkha. Life is suffering. It's a big old pile of dukkhi. And they say meditation is the cure. The dhyanas, the brahmins, all of them are saying you got to the attach from the big illusion the buddhist answer to what happens when i die is what happens to your lap when you stand up what happens to your fist when you unclench it very deep chapter three mayahana buddhism mahayanas started the monks who were chasing the grand release they heard about the brahmins and were trying to one-up their superpowers these guys were the original psychonauts. The upaya is their meditative practice and it makes nirvana accessible every single time. They said every form of mentality was able to reach it. So, this next iteration of Buddhism is breaking through to some of the dolts, some of the people that didn't have access to the nama before. Let me just ask you real quick how many people does Christianity wake up? <laughs> That might have been the actual point of religion in the early days to get people to start thinking a little bit and just reciting the Apostles Creed or some 10 paragraph Roman Catholic prayer. It doesn't do anything to liberate your mind, which might not be the point of that. The entire structure of Buddhism, I think it might just be to make you think again, that turn the idiot card over on the other side. That's almost all the shit is. It's just to turn people on. Like the first time you heard about Buddhism, you went, What the fuck, dude? We are everything. I am God. And then you get to work and get told to clean up vomit. And you realize you might not be as almighty as the pantheist Alan Watts. It's a slow process here. But I think Mayahanism was like one of the first mass awakenings. That's what Watts is getting at here. He's saying, to be fair, you got to hold in your chi for this to work. So, you probably should have told us that on chapter one. <laughs> there is so much power in holding in your cum. Like, sex is the easiest way to control people. These Mayahanas were some of the first to figure it out. They had the entire tantric practice. If you hold in your nut, bro, you have linear focus <laughs> you see the numbers floating around you and you're in the limitless thing and your balls are fucking 10 pounds heavy obviously with all things there's a point of diminishing return you turn into a friggin' cum goblin if you don't get that release eventually someone figured it out a long time ago tell people it's evil to masturbate we can control them better you could control yourself better in the beginning why would God have given me a 15 minute refractory period if he didn't want me enjoying back to back climaxes (laughs) pretty cool stuff here that (laughs) I mean and if you're trying to wake people up and the first thing you tell them is alright just hear me out I promise it'll work but you can't come for a couple weeks they're out your religion just died on arrival (laughs) Alan says the laissez faire way of life is the way to suffer the least so this really just pulls his entire ideology into the headline for you this is how we're going to suffer least like i said the entire point of this religion is contentment we are here to minimize the pain and then some of these other religions just go bro this is going to hurt and it's going to hurt a lot for 80 years just try to make the most out of it which might mean hurting a little bit more and it's how do you want to choose your life do you want to suffer as little as possible and get by just by feeling good or do you want to make a statement you want to fucking enjoy your time here and be bold obviously there's room for both <laughs> but in the most extreme characters you see more of one than the other not to say that you can't succeed by just wanting to chill out. You know, a lot of luck goes into the success or the measure of wealth here on Earth. Buddhism does recognize, as discussed before, that you need to have great suffering to have great wealth. And they did say everything's kind of dookie before. It must be annoying to hear all the fucking hippy-dippy, Man, it's spiritual, man. You're going to feel better when you ascend to the next plane. It's fucking hard out there, dude, I know. And you gotta kind of throw your dignity out the window to (laughs) make this Buddhist shit vibe. Take what's good for you. On your day off, be as zen as possible. Alan ended saying, Whatever you are ingrained with from childhood sticks. Indoctrination is more influential than information. Once you've been told a lie long enough, it becomes a truth. It's, uh... You could use psychedelics to reposition yourself. This is the stoned ape theory. You could get out of the Nama. These Mahayana Buddhisms are teaching you to go back into the cave, save the other people. You can actually wake up the masses. Nah, Nama, stay dumb. Let's go to chapter four. Rise and development of Zen. Here we're getting into the Tibetan Buddhism which is about finding a steep ascent to nirvana, geographically correct, Kathmandu's Everest sauce. That had me, (laughs) I was enlightened when I tried it. We read into thin air those Sherpas, they were practiced religious as well, and they would always try to carry more than the tourists coming in. They're always trying to prove themselves and climb higher. And then Confucius Buddhism seeks enlightenment by dampening other cravings or just getting rid of any other stimuli that might make you feel bad. So even in Buddhism, whether it's Tibetan or Confucius, one is a little bit more. I'll take action. And this Confucius one is eat the dumplings and the happiness will show back up eventually. So enjoy it when it does. Everyone is trying to ascend the mountains. We're using different tools to get to the top. Watts said all sects of Buddhism have Prajna, which is called prana nowadays, and is a type of self ignorance. It is selective ignorance versus the genuine ignorance that was Nama. So you can't blame the people that are Nama. That is type one ignorance. And then type two, the earned ignorance. You need a insulin. To get rid of it. This is a terrible comparison. Prana is the learned ignorance. So you're thinking that's my yoga pose. The prana. It's not the hardest pose. And it's not one of the easier ones. The happy baby. <laughs> the prana is like right in the middle. And that's what they do in the beginning and the end of class. To get you into the trance. And again it's a turning off of your brain. You're putting a placeholder in there. That's what prana is. That's probably why women love yoga. <laughs> it's about placeholders. You know, they always got to jump leap frog from one boyfriend to the next. There's even that fucking uh, Lululemon brand, Prana. The chicks be wearing it. It's a very feminist mindset here. Very yang, very shit. <laughs> Emperor Wu of Japan issued Daruma dolls which were basically voodoo dolls. He was trying to teach people about karma. And so (laughs) he's like, don't stab this doll because you'll feel bad and someone actually might get hurt. Most of the people at the time were Nama and then the others were in their prana, just ignoring it. Yeah, I'll get the vaccine as well. What? Just take it. It's not that that could be the most shit take of 2021. We're at the end of the year. Like you saw comedians just fall flat. Yeah, I mean, just take it, dude. I got to sell tickets That's you don't stand for anything. You're a fucking sellout. That is literally the definition of prana. This emperor of Japan was seeing the subdivision of his society. What's that quote? 5% of people think. 10% of people think they think. 85% of people would rather die than think. <laughs> so we have this 10% of people who are pretending that they're being aware and thinking, and then five people that will stand for what they believe in. Always, And so the emperor was trying his own Mayahana way of waking everybody up. Maybe if I give them the dolls, they'll start to realize, whoa, other people have feelings too. Famous saying from Emperor Wu, a man with no conscience is no better than a plank of wood or a heap of stones. That's what I said before. It's the Frederick Douglass quote. You're a fucking slave to your inhibitions. And then there are people who are aware and a slave to their ambitions. Both people are equally as annoying. (laughs) This emperor, Emperor Wu, was killed in 670 for causing hysteria. His final quote was, The true mind is no mind. This is pretty wild here. There is a two-sided coin to trying to wake everybody up. Because some people's minds are not ready for it. You know, the bread crumbing. Going to give people little bits of information to not be overwhelmed by the horror that is reality. And he's spoken like a true ruler here. Keep the people fat and happy. The true mind is no mind at all. (laughs) Don't let them think. The rise of Buddhism, it's given us a lot of insight into people even. There is a downside to trying to do good like we said it's more about the results than about the intention that is a little bit too utilitarian for me fucking wild story that is the how similar it is to the whole Hana uprising as well and i just shit on women for being prana it's very warranted hear me out with this story a swedish guy commented on one of my posts recently and he was going In Sweden, men have become drunks because women are marrying the state instead of the man. So in these states where a lot of people would rather be dead than think, they're outsourcing their choice of autonomy. Like you go on Tinder and a lot of the girls have vaccinated only. He must have a car. He must be employed. He must, you know, they're checking off the boxes of what a societal-made man is. They don't give a fuck about your personality or your feelings or what you want to be in this world. This is marrying the country instead of the man. This fucking Swedish philosopher just popped in out of nowhere. This guy was awesome. and Matches out completely with the dating apps. I've been seeing recently, girls are putting on their bio, uh, no bootlickers allowed. And then I've just had some girls messaging me. It's been great. They say, wanna fuck? Question mark. It's going the other way. So this polarization, this mass hysteria we're experiencing, you have a lot of women that are just marrying the state, but you got a lot of chicks out there that are ready to let the freak flag fly. I mean, this is probably why weed is illegal in China, and psychedelics are still illegal in the U.S. Rulers do not want you thinking. They want you to be in prana. Ford even said, I want a nation of workers, not thinkers. The true mind is no mind. <laughs> Most people would try to go from monks to secular priests, and then the emperor would accept them into his guild. So after this Emperor Wu died, Alan Watts is going, the Zen turned into a hierarchy. Not good. Impure. This is, um. you're giving... People promotions based on who they know. If your child knows the Zen teacher, he gets enlightened first. <laughs> That's not the practice of what was a pure art. He said Zen temples in Tokyo and Japan and major cities were built by laboring monks. And before the monks would uh, you know, build it on their own terms. It's getting a little brutish. Around 845 in Japan, Zen was an association for educated and spiritually guided men. It was becoming a militarized adolescence, kind of like a Hitler youth. They added what was called the cone system, I mentioned before. And so they start laying on the brass. You get little achievements. Oh, your karma was more positive than negative today? You get to masturbate today. <laughs> it's like, um,. What did they call that? Napoleonization? Fuck, man. It's the Napoleonic method. You just start giving people merits instead of actual (laughs) self-worth. It's like gamification. You see, dating apps have just been gamified. Uh, Buddhism is gamified. Why would I even be surprised that dating apps were gamified? They're trying to suck you out of money and make it feel like a slot machine. The bad thing here is that something as pure as Zen Buddhism is not safe. (laughs) Anything can be infiltrated by the corruption of man. They would do hunger strikes to try to get this Wu-Sung emperor out, and he eliminated the merit system eventually. So the yin and yanged a little bit. They didn't go full totalitarian Zen. To this day, Japan encourages several hours of upright posture and breathing every single day. That's what the Japanese government tells you to do. Over here in America, this kid's got ADHD. Let's slat him some Ritalin. Oh, you're stressed out? Here's a fidget spinner. <laughs> Chapter 5, Empty and Marvelous. This probably be the shortest one. He had a bunch of poems about beauty and ugliness, and there cannot be one without either. You have to have evil to have good. Something I noticed recently, religious people, like, they know that evil exists. I think it might be all of the origin stories growing up. You know there's the devil of the Bible. If you do bad, you're going to feel bad. People that are the scientists, the atheists, they are, like, childish in their mind in the sense they don't think... Evil can ever exist. I don't know. If you're even Islamic, you can see that Fauci is about to sprout two devil horns out of his forehead. This guy's track record. is Dirtier than a slut with chlamydia. This guy's fucking ugliness and evil. Man's is all ugly. Failure, he says, is a great teacher. A master is someone who's made all the mistakes in one field. Another one of the things Alan kept dropping was, I wish a million failures upon you. (laughs) It's a great backhanded compliment. It goes back to the main story from the beginning. Is this a good thing I failed? Maybe. Are you going to learn from it? I wish everybody to fail and to learn from their failures. You kind of forgot that caveat, Alan. He fancily is responding to these poems saying, You know, if you're ever cold, think about the summer. In times of shivering, thinking about sweating will help. (laughs) Okay, man. He can control the weather. Um, I'm making fun, but this is substantiated in terms of Wim Hof. We're going back to Sweden. If you've ever heard of this guy, he should have his own comic book. He goes underwater for like 20 minutes at a time. He can spend... Forty minutes in a hundred and ninety degree saunas. He's like the human torch and the human icicle. Not a real superhero. He's proved that you could change your body temperature just with breathing exercises. A lot of weird stuff that we don't even know about the human body. How weird is it that you need to be a specialty about the human body? Like there is not one mind that can comprehend the human body as a machine it's too complex it's the whole point of the chapter you got to fail a million times in your one body part to be an expert there he mid-chapter was saying you are your experience and to experience is why we are here by this classification i'm going to say molestation is worse than rape it's worse than murder you are ruining somebody else's experience and if all you are is your experience you would have wished this person killed you now i'm just a rape victim you're defined by your experience isn't that like anti-feminist they believe in the reincarnatory loop you should have gave the person the hard reset <laughs> you're going to deflower them and ruin their purity at least get them a fucking fresh slate i mean rape molestation <laughs> You're ruining this entire person's playthrough. How is this religion comforting to people? Yeah, you're going to be reincarnated again. And then again. And then again. And again. It sounds like fucking prison to me. You have to do this shit forever. Women, especially moms, they hate Buddhism. They love the prana. They hate the Buddhism. Like, if you tell a mom... I can't wait to reincarnate. They're going to be going, wait, but don't you love my household? I've given you everything. (laughs) It's every right to be fucking angry because in a way, Alan Watts, you are telling these women that between their legs is an interdimensional stargate. (laughs) I mean, for real, you're saying there's like this baby that's crawling out of your beautiful wife. That was just a 60 year old Indian man. (laughs) What the fuck is this? If my penis ejaculated portal fluid, I'd be hitting samsara every single night. You know, I'd be dimension hopping the portal gun out of my dick. <laughs> That's the next iteration of the portal game franchise. Go to chapter six, second to last, sitting quietly and doing nothing. He says, Zuzhan is the yin-yang mantra for spontaneity and naturalness. In order for there to be order, there has to be spontaneity. Alan is about to go chaos theory on us. Everything happens for a reason. Everything is intertwined. Most forms of Buddhism, spontaneity gets tied down with the supernatural. Christianity just is one of these know-it-all religions. Well, after you die, you go to purgatory. Well, if you're good, you go to heaven after that. Well, were you good? Then you go to super heaven. Like they know everything. If you need, have a question, go to a priest. This Buddhism is like the reason we have so much supernatural woo woo. Is because we don't try to put labels on everything. The beyond there, it's not heaven. It's we can't define these things. Is there a leaked photo? <laughs> Yo, there's a lot of um unexplained even in science. Let's do um. You know the kid who would always get the gumball guessing contest correct? One day a year, the fucking teacher would come in with a jar full of sprinkles and be like, guess how many sprinkles are in the jar? And there was always one kid who was intuitively close. And you were maybe in third grade. He didn't learn the formula for volume at this point. Alan Watts is like, these formulas these intuitive feelings are already inside of you and you just got to pull it outside of yourself (laughs) fucking no way to explain it one of my favorite chapters of this year was called the god of the odds and it shows how our brain is a random number generator in reverse like we have supercomputer brains that are able to align vast algorithms you make the connections Yourself, And there are so many more intuitive connections that you've already made, but you don't know how to command the English language to describe yet. So Alan's like, follow that intuition. All that is leading somewhere that you want to go. This all seems super positive. (laughs) Remember, we're in chaos theory. This has a very dark opposite side to it. You have some proclivities for kind of evil stuff. It seems like you can sink with that evil brain on accident. Like, I don't know, man. We're gonna go into some pretty creepy places if we entertain this chaos shit. Every single butterfly flap matters. I've been getting lately into pocket dimensions. Have you ever like driven down the street and you nearly got in a car accident? And you just feel to yourself, like, I wasn't thinking about going out right now. I feel like I'm in the wrong place at the wrong time. And I'm just on the wrong track. Scientists are measuring higher amounts of dark matter inside of pocket dimensions. So they're saying the latest science is that places in society are not part of our dimension. (laughs) You could literally hop, slip into a different timeline on accident. And that is... The highest operating quantum physics right now. They're called Pocket Dimensions. Boy, you got to go watch that Animatrix. I bought it up a couple weeks ago. It had a story about abandoned places in it. And, bro, I'm starting to get the shivers right now. Like, you drive somewhere. Somewhere that you seem like you should have cell service. Somewhere that you just saw two people in the same exact outfit walk by. You saw two exact same cars hit into each other. Like... It's just going to sound great. Watch that In a Matrix thing. They go to a abandoned asylum, and this group of people start friggin' floating. They're experiencing non-local phenomena. So that's like the uh, quantum definition for why people float, why you can have superpositioning, be in two places at once. It's just saying all this to kind of give a little bit validity to those Brahmin monks, maybe those guys... We're on such a different vibe at their monastery. It was so pure that these motherfuckers created a pocket dimension. For real. I know this is just good creepypasta. We gotta kind of fodder the end of the show here. (laughs) Uh, Chaos theory is just philosophy for paranoia. Don't go down that road too far. You're gonna start thinking, Oh shit, I stepped on a crack and my mom's back is gone. It sounds more like cause and effect <laughs> hold up hold up <laughs> so if i step on a crack my mother's back breaks that doesn't sound like chaos that is cause and effect you <laughs> can't even the name of this ideology doesn't make sense <laughs> yeah seriously stay away from that one i don't know why he's trying to slip it into zen buddhism of course every darkness has to have its lightness i like that quote the brightest lights cast the darkest shadows zen buddhism believes that spontaneity is the original uncorrupted unindoctrinated mind why would you want your mind to be a chaotic landscape (laughs) i mean this is what he's pushing us towards and i'm probably bending the language he's more so going for the divine spark that's in all of the religions you know, you could uh, make someone else gracious, and again, they are alive. He starts writing out more chants here, and then follows those up, saying, If you're going to reflect, set aside time to reflect, because your mental discourse can easily become reflecting about reflecting. let our last chapter here. It's called Zazazen. Zazen. Alan makes another one of his bold claims. Zen believe that those sitting still, are making the best possible contribution to the world in turmoil. Another one of those telltale signs. You just want to avoid any bad feeling, even if that means laying under your covers all day. You have achieved Zen. Zen believe that sitting still, is the best thing you can contribute to the world. Zazen practices from 3:30 a.m to 10 p.m. meditating then marching in circles all of this fasting he says the zazen were the first to achieve a collective mind so the mayahana were about liberating people individually the zazen were maybe the first recorded people in history to achieve behavioral sync the collective mind and I like to use the up-to-date terms, what our scientists are calling it, behavioral sink. If you haven't noticed any behavioral sink in the last two years, I think you have been sunken. <laughs> it's um a little bit too relevant. And what I was saying about the cone system before being implemented, they were turning into the Tau Army. Alan Watts has this really good rant about how eventually virtue is going to be used negatively he's all about what you think is good probably isn't and alan watts predicted the cancel mobs well we're doing the right thing you're a bad person so i'm gonna take food out of your kid's mouth this is negativity passed off as positive action it's like the cone system of social interaction, or just uh, cultural Marxism, or identity politics. Under the Cone System, the Mahatmas were the people who were ordained to new levels. So they were acquiring riches and living far away from monasteries. People were no longer looking to perfect the position they were in. They were looking to rise the ranks and become a Mahatma like Gandhi. And these people, he said, were doing the minimum. So you either had the people who wanted to rise the ranks or the people who knew that there might not be much at the top that you were striving towards. He was like, either way, nobody is getting the pure intention out of the Buddhism anymore, which is just to go within and figure it out. The cones were like, the master-pupil relation is more important than anything. An original 6,000 years ago Sanskrit Buddhism was like the information itself is the most important thing you could come across. Not the person that's brainwashing you. It's how you're going to use the information going forward. This master pupil relation, it's 100% counter to Zen. It doesn't matter how you come across the information as long as you get it and acquire a relationship. ...to the information or the beyond. Watt's making big claims at the end. He says the higher sophisticated the institution... ...the more it can be corrupted. The more people want the riches... ...and to be the head dean... ...the easier it is to implement... ...cultural Marxism into academia. You know what I'm saying here? If you have a military where it benefits your kid... ...if you're an officer you are also going to set them up for the Napoleonic rewards it's scary to see these pure ass systems like military warriors or zen monks even falling to fucking awards (laughs) ended with zen art let's get a little happy at the end here Sumei is the Japanese art of watercolor painting. (laughs) He says, at the end of the painting, you have to wash away so you can't even remember what you did. Very fucking brainwashing for their reincarnatory loop. This is like those sand mandalas. All the people that go to India, this is like, oh my god, I felt reborn after I did this. You just color in a sandbox. And then at the end, they get a bunch of cats to take a dump on it. They just rake over your little zen garden because nothing lasts forever. You can't even take a picture of it. He bought up, uh, what are they called, haikus, are super-duper zen. But we don't do it right. Like they told you in uh, kindergarten, this is your haiku that's going to last forever. It's supposed to be a flow that you're supposed to do with your boys. What is it, Five seven five. The stars on the pond. Again the winter showers Ruffles the water My woman left me Forever in turmoil Back to the sex doll Haikus It's just spitting bars with your boys, dude 575, what do you got? He had the zen art of tea Because no two tea bags are the same You're supposed to go out and collect the flowers and roots And then sometimes you accidentally pick up an ayahuasca root And sometimes you accidentally pick up a root that makes you throw up. That's the fun of Zen. You could get a terminal illness. And then we got Zen rock gardens. I would put one of these on my desk if I was a CEO power executive. You have that little tiny rake. And you just. This is what I should have freaking used the cat joke. And you poop on your Zen garden on top of your office desk. These things are great little practices to get your mind off of the Maya and get you into a nice little flow. These Japanese are highly competitive in everything they do. Why would we have overlooked the Japanese philosophy of life? Zen is a decent contender if you're looking for a functional way to live. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you guys for staying tuned for The Way of Zen by Alan Watts. Could be the last of Alan we have for a while. Uh, We have the Art of War coming up in January as requested by the audience. So that'll be it for our Chinese fellas for a little bit. Damn, I forgot to do all those Confucius jokes today. Anyway, I told you about our book for next week already. It is called Creativity Inc. Still in the theme of Christmas, we are celebrating with a bunch of brand new toys. The story of Pixar... The Disney cones were trying to destroy the independent Pixar monks creating. It's the story of Pixar, all of their methods and their ideologies. I think it's gonna be pretty epic because this book is good. It has a little bit too much of the business jargon. Well, here is how to motivate your workforce. So we're gonna comb through all that and look for the chaotic brain creativity that Edmund Catmull wrote about for us thank you guys I love you the knickers out there my name is Nick Munez check out that patreon check out Harry Schwann over on Instagram I'll see you all in seven short days love you all take it easy